Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to take our check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes one and two in full spoiler detail. So if you haven't seen either of those episodes, I would get out of here. And I'm here with uh, Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, I don't have an intro today, okay? Um, I have a lot of notes, though, for the episode. That's well, that's good. On. If we even do the podcast, you have to catch me first because I'm going to go waddle through the woods and maybe you'll uh, hit some trees. Whoa! I feel like you have a lot to say on the Leia stuff, so I'm excited oh, to get there. Oh, I definitely do. Um, but we're joined with a guest here. And this is uh, actually because I talk about it every once in a while. We stream on Twitch here, uh, twitch.tv slash the Michael Rear. And, uh, you know, most people listen to the podcast. We'll put it that way. Most people don't listen to the Twitch stream. But this is one of the few that tunes into the Twitch stream. So a very loyal Stark warrior here. It's Joshua Spitzer. Josh, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm all right. Uh, Josh, I want to give you the chance. Like, uh, if you want to, like, kind of tell the audience who you are, what you're about. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, your love for Star Wars, too. Yeah. Uh, my name is Joshua Spitzer, of course. I've been introduced as that. Um, I am the owner, creator, worker of Outcast Originals, which is a survivor-based Etsy shop. I make all kinds of idols, necklaces, and other doodads from the show. Um, and as far as Star Wars goes, I mean, I've been watching my entire life because I was born uh, probably I was like a year after episode one. So yeah, <laughs> you know, been a part of my life for quite a bit, but I uh, started out with a with a different Star Wars series. So, <laughs> but you know yeah. what? That's fine. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, I think we talked about it before. Um, I think we're gonna do like maybe because I feel like this podcast might go a little long just because we've got two episodes, but we also have some other stuff to talk about in the form of um, a Star Wars celebration. There's been so much news coming out, way more than I expected. Um, so, uh, I'm excited to dive into some of this and Josh, I'm actually going to just throw it to you. Um, can you tell me like your favorite thing that you've learned from Star Wars Celebration? I don't know what it was about Jedi Survivor, but it got me up by my feet and I was excited. I was so pumped for that because I love playing. I was just finishing up my, uh, original game and now we're getting a new one pretty soon. I'm happy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, there was, uh, an interesting trailer for that, um, Tommy, did you know anything about it? Have you played the first one? I didn't even know that's a game. I thought it was just Tommy. Survivor with Jedis. Like, I thought we were, like, I just went to the TV show. I was like, oh, we can vote out Jedis? That's amazing. I'm in. Well, the, yes, the, first, one's versus... called, yeah, the yeah. first one's called Fallen Order. That doesn't ring a bell? Yeah, Fallen Order. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Is that, it's a sequel yeah, to that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fallen so. Order with, uh, with Cameron, uh, redhead guy. Yeah, Cameron, redhead, Moynihan, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that was, yeah. I was just gonna say, fun fact, I almost played D&D &D with him once. Whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah, real breaking news here. I almost played D&D &D with Sounds him. Sounds like you can get him on the podcast too then, huh? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll work some connections. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, well, I am, uh, Josh, I want to ask you this, because there's one thing in that trailer that really rung a bell to me, um, is we get this shot of somebody in a back to tank um and i've seen a couple different theories about it i didn't know if you had any theories about who that is in the trailer i can't say i do i would love for it to be all sorts of people but you know what i'm gonna let it just happen see who it is and we'll figure it out but um personally mace windu <laughs> so well i think there's too much hair for mace windu but um People said uh, uh, it was possibly a clone of the uh, Cameron Moynihan character. I don't know. Those back to tanks can make you grow all sorts of, sorts of stuff. <laughs> That's it a grows back when you hair. That's a fair point, actually. I can't argue there. Um, I would love... If it's Mace Windu with like glorious locks, like he comes out and it's just like long haired. Oh, I'm in. I don't even care about the rest of the game. Yeah. I'd be in for that. You think a back to tank could like grow your hand back and like maybe not fully, but like a smaller hand? Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> just a with... tiny little baby hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, was Darth Vader in a, a back to tank? I guess like then that rules out that you can grow back limbs. Cause, but like, he, yeah. if he's been in there for like years, I feel like you can get a little hand out of it. Do you think like underneath the Darth Vader suit is just like baby limbed uh, Darth Vader? I don't know why this is gross. This conversation is grossing me out, but yeah, probably. 
I'm just thinking of Deadpool. That's all I'm thinking of in this whole conversation. <laughs> okay, Tommy. Because uh, I do want to give him Kenobi here, but I want to throw it to you real quickly because I know it's one of the things you were aware of. Um, do you want to talk about some of the Ahsoka news that we got? Yeah, big Ahsoka news. If we already weren't excited for the show, which I think like most people were like, yeah, this is going to be, this is the show. Uh, and I think most of this, like I at least already kind of assumed this is where the show is going. Uh, it's been announced officially. Hera, Chopper, uh, and Sabine are all going to be in Ahsoka. Thrawn was already announced, right? If, if, if I remember correctly. I don't know if it was announced, but heavily implied. Heavily implied. I mean, yeah, I'm pumped for this. As someone who got super into Clone Wars and Rebels and, and all that stuff, uh, I this is going to be very exciting. I think we, if you know, not to spoil it into Rebels, if you have not seen it, you should watch all that stuff. I'm excited because I think I know where this is going and who may also be coming along for the ride. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I think it's going to be the show that's going to be like, yeah, right there. Yeah, so I'll touch on a couple things really quickly. Uh, Tommy, Bad Batch season two trailer. Um, you'll be you'll be happy to know no, Rafa and Trace was not in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, if you were gonna come in here and tell me if that was like your big, you're like Tommy. Guess what? Rafa and Trace they're getting their own spinoff show. I would have been out. I would have left the podcast. I wouldn't have talked about Obi Wan. Uh, but okay, if, if I'll take Bad Batch with with them gone. If they they don't show up, I'm in. Did you like that trailer, Joshua? I did. And the thing that really got me excited is, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I think Commander Cody's back. I think he was in there. You see the big scar on the side from Clone Wars? And Ooh. there's a reason their color palette has changed to orange. Okay, okay. I mean, it would be slightly weird if Commander Cody came in and was like, hey, we need to change up the color scheme. I like the orange. Yeah, are they going to get Echo more to do and not just be another tech guy when you are? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> um, I'm bashing, but it actually was like I, I enjoyed that match. But it, it, the trailer is pretty cool. Um, I, I, Tommy, I won't spoil you on this, but there is a Clone Wars character in there, and I'll tell the audience to go keep an eye out. But it's one of my favorites. It's a very minor character, but um, very excited to see this person back. And okay, and the last thing I want to touch on is Tales of the Jedi, which is. I'm a little confused about it because I thought it was like an anthology show, but it seems like it's possibly one season split up in half telling two separate stories. Um, but basically the, the footage that we get is um, of Ahsoka. And there's also footage from a storyline involving Count Dooku and Qui-Gon Jinn as young Jedi, which is very interesting to me. And I think that is awesome. That's cool. That's really, yeah, I would love to see young Dooku and uh, that would be cool. And Joshua Mace Window is in that trailer, so I'm excited in, in some form I, he's coming back. <laughs> Anytime we can get Mace Window on our screens, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, any yes. any alert if uh, if my prediction that Jar Jar will be showing up this year was that confirmed at celebration yet? You know, uh, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big secret. That would be when a big up, yeah. yeah. That'd be a big reveal for like. Uh, you know, Andor. Andor is the other one I haven't touched on. Cool trailer there. Uh, well, I not too much to say about it, but very cool trailer. Yeah, when he shows up at the end of Ahsoka, we'll all be like, Tommy called it. Jar Jar is <laughs> back. <laughs> I feel like Jar Jar kind of fits with the Rebels characters. Like, that's not a bad mix for me. Okay, enough about Jar Jar. Let's get a Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, Josh, I'm gonna throw it to you. Um, what is like your initial thoughts of? these first two episodes are you high on it are you low on it what do you got i'm i'm gonna say i'm high on it but i have expectations that it can be much better because especially with the the send-off of episode two i think we're about to lead into something that's going to be like top tier star wars i think that's what's going to happen but um i'm i'm, I'm letting them write their story and, and hopefully it turns out good <laughs> And Tommy, I'm getting like we we don't usually talk about our opinions before we get on here, so I it, it, I really don't know where you're gonna go with this, but I'm getting the vibes you might not be too positive. Um, I think I'm in like a like a B range. I give me Ian McGregor anything. I will like I said I was watching with my girlfriend. I looked over. And I said Ian McGregor just has my heart. Like anything he's in, I will just love. And so uh, I. The best way that I can sum it up is I think the story is really fascinating. I felt the execution of that story was not up to what I wanted it to be. And so I think I'm just tepid of if this is how we're starting, I'm worried that it's just going to go downhill. 
And so it's, I'm just hesitant, if that makes sense. More so than like, I was enjoying the episode. I have three big gripes. But other than that, I enjoyed the show. I was like, oh, in, out. Like, I was like, oh, there's some exciting stuff. There was some cool uh, Easter egg things that I was like, this is very cool. And I would like to see more. I love the bait and switch uh, of Leia of like, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be more Luke focused. So I really liked that. I thought that was really interesting. Okay, so it seems like um, y'all are more middle ground. I'll come in hot here, guys. I love this. I think this is, I, I honestly, maybe there's some better stuff in Mandalorian, but other than that, I like as far as Star Wars TV goes, I can't ask for anything more. I was so happy with everything that we got. It felt important. It felt powerful. It tugged on the emotions that we already have from the movies. Um, the music was incredible. The fights were incredible. I've heard some complaints about Leia, but I loved Leia. I thought she was so fun. I thought that character, like it's, it's, it's always going to be hard to have a child do a stellar role. Right. But she had, she knew her character and she did it well, in my opinion. So this all worked for me so much. Um, I, I could not, I, I don't think I have a single complaint in all of this, honestly. And I, this is like one of the few times I've ever said that about a Star Wars show that we've talked about, Tommy. So, um, yeah, what say you on that, Joshua? And just having John Williams back, scoring everything, having Ewan McGregor, um, just being him, like this is really filling in some gaps that I feel like we're missing between, you know, episodes three and four, you know, and it's really just beautiful to see for me. And Tommy, you touched on it, but I think it kind of goes, because I think the big question is whenever we get these shows like this, and I think Boba Fett was like, this, it was like a big question mark. But I think I think uh, it's the question for me is always how important is the story? Are we do we actually have something important to do, or are we just like, you know, basically what they did with Boba Fett is here's Boba Fett. You like Boba Fett? Here he is. Um, but I feel like I, I'm just getting like threads of very important things for the Star Wars universe here. Um, and I think the big one was like you said, Tommy. I did not see the Leia thing coming at all. Um, I didn't even know that she was gonna have an appearance in this show. So that was really cool. But I think what I really appreciate is that um, I, I feel like I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll pick up the, you know, I'll pick up your lightsaber as it fell. Yes. Um, I, for me, I, one of the things that I do appreciate is like, I think with one of the problems with Book of Boba Fett was Boba Fett didn't really, what, what was the lessons that he was learning? What was what was the growth we wanted to see from him? I think Obi-Wan, surprisingly enough, actually has somewhere to grow to because I think he lost himself. You know, in the 10 years, we see someone that's broken and given up on the thing that, you know, the last time we saw Obi-Wan, he was probably one of the strongest uh, in the faith of the, the Force and the Jedi. And where we've seen him, you know, in the future, he's so ready to train Luke that we didn't even think there's a possibility that he ever gave up on the Jedi way. And so it's interesting take to have this middle ground where it's like, no, he did give up on it. This is what got him back into it. And I think that's, I'm really excited to see that growth of Obi-Wan throughout the series. I absolutely agree with you just because when we see him last time, of course, he is so defeated that he just feels like he failed Anakin and he failed Qui-Gon, the person he looked up to almost his entire life, I would imagine at that point. Um, so in a way, trying to help Luke and trying to train Luke and get to him um, is his way of making up for Anakin. So, like, this is yeah, really important, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and dive into the episode here. Um, and we open on... I thought this scene was super cool. Um, Tommy, we've talked about it before. What, um, as much Order 66 as we can get, I'm all for it. I would love an Order 66 TV show, but uh, no, we get, a, we get a snippet here. I was laughing because didn't I make a joke during our like our Star Wars kind of like uh, uh, preview whatever where we just talked about a bunch of stuff? Didn't I make a joke? I'm like, it's just be about Order sixty six. Just I want to see a bunch of dead uh, fat uh, fat and if they do this, I'm like, oh no, did I get it right? Like, are we just going <laughs> to see a massacre happen right here? Like, I love this opening. Yeah, like give yeah. me this. I'll always enjoy this kind of stuff. Yeah. What do you think of the opening scene here, Joshua? I'm I'm all for it. You know, like you said, anytime we can get content like that, just getting more into what actually happened, seeing more of it. I personally thought they were going to bring in Grogu at one point because, like, we were getting that scene of people going down a hallway, and I was like, "Oh, is this going to be Grogu moment?" But it's fine. Um, what I did think was interesting was um, I saw somewhere that somebody said that a uh, character we're going to talk about soon, uh, Reva, was in that initial group of the children one of the one of the first kids and i was like oh 
that could be interesting because because why would they show us this like of course it's important but why would they specifically start with this scene if it wasn't super important to the story so i think we're going to tie back into it later in the show i 100 percent agree um because if it's not for that what you just said there's no point to have this it makes no sense to have it um there has to be some tie in and the other thing is reva's fixation on kenobi is very strange right it's like the other inquisitors they have a fixation on jedi she has an a fixation on Kenobi specifically, and I'm really excited to uncover why that is. I, I something something happened there, and uh, we're we're not getting the full story. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that, but now that's like letting me change my opinion on her because I have an opinion, uh, <laughs> and 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 I think that's someone who feels left behind by the Jedi and joining that side and being oh it's almost more personal than like someone like some of the other uh uh inquisitors right because they don't have that personal investment and it's like i, I think that's really compelling if that's the case i would like to get uh a little serious here uh with this scene um because there was some controversy that came out because interesting enough uh, stranger things and kenobi came out on the same day and both both series open with a scene that involves death and children in a horrific way. Um, and I have, to, I have to just say, I don't know if we have any Texas listeners, but just want to put my heart out there very quickly to the people in Uvalde. Um, you know, Stranger Things, they put like a warning before the episode saying, hey, this is what's about to happen if you're not ready for it. Uh, and Star, uh, Kenobi did not do that. They later added it. So it is an interesting thing to think on. And uh, it, it, very eerie that it came at this time. So, yeah, just again, hearts out to the people in Texas. And uh, again, we did we do these podcasts to talk about positive things and distract from the real world stuff. But I did want to touch on that because it did cause a lot of controversy online and it would feel weird if we <laughs> overshadowed it completely. So, um, yeah, uh, with that being said, um, we get 10 years later here. Um, and this is when we get our first look at the Inquisitors. Um, Joseph, I want to get your opinion on this because I know I've talked to you about this probably more than anyone else on Instagram and stuff, but, um, we get the Grand Inquisitor here. Uh, did you come around on the look of the Grand Inquisitor? Cause I know it doesn't match Rebels at all much. <laughs> so, um, did it work for you in action? I like the eyes. They did the eyes really well. The voice was good, but I can't get over that bulbous head. It's just so like, we have had live action Powins before. Why can't we do it right in this series? You know, <laughs> that's the only thing that I, I think that's my major gripe. And that's just one small thing. I don't think there's really anything else I can really complain about, honestly. Let's just get him into Photoshop and we'll just stretch his head a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I really liked the voice. I liked the the actor behind it. I thought he did a really good job. And like, so I, I did like the Grand Inquisitor. I His look was fine it, it, i honestly had more problems with the other inquisitor because i like i liked his design in, in rebels so i was like seeing like the guy with the hat i was like oh it's so off it's not yeah it, but again the inquisitors were not my like issue i i really enjoyed them uh and just seeing them being brought to life is just it's it's cool it's hard it's hard because it's like i'm always going to get giddy about this stuff <laughs> I will say there were some shots in episode two where like, cause I was, I was, I was like, I'm not loving the look, but like there would be like some side angles and stuff where I'd be like, Holy crap, that really looks like him. So I think I did come around on it a little bit more. So not perfect. And uh, we should, we should strive for that. But <laughs> um, I did come around. I, I don't think it's, I, it could be worse, I guess is what I'm going for. Um, but yeah, so the inquisitors show up, they're looking for Jedi here on Tatooine and they're like questioning the bar patrons and um reva throws a knife at one of the people's heads and a jedi reveals themselves by stopping the knife which this jedi is played by benny safty i don't know if you guys know who that is um he is he he and his brother directed movies like uncut gems um he i love him so much he's an awesome dude so it was really cool seeing him in, in this role even though he didn't get a whole lot to do but um yeah i don't i don't I didn't know if you guys had any uh, thoughts on this opening scene with uh that jedi that was fun. It was cool. It's cool to see other perspectives of Jedi and what they were doing in that time. I think it's cool to see all the different ways that people coped with the the fall of the Jedi. Um, would would you let would you let the the patron die to hide your identity? And also, like even if he did, I was thinking about this. If he let the knife go, I feel like they would just keep killing people. Like they just wouldn't stop. They'd be like, "All right, we got it wrong. There's probably no Jedi here." They'd be like, "No, I guess we just kill everyone until the Jedi." Yeah. 
I enjoyed the Inquisitor part of it. I felt like they were pretty menacing and really like, really like you're getting something from them, um, some fear and whatnot. But um, I don't know, just Reva, I, I don't know what it is. I just, it's, it's, it's tough to get the fear from her, like from Fifth Brother, I'm getting it. From the Grand Inquisitor, I'm definitely getting it. From Reva, I feel like they're just annoyed with her, you know? And I guess that might be a, a focal point of the story. I hope so, but I don't know. So I, I'm conflicted on this um, because, well, here's the thing. She cut off somebody's hand, right? And like that's, and she also was the one to throw the knife. Like she seems way more brutal than the other ones to some extent. And, and what I do appreciate again is kind of what we go back to is it feels very personal to her. And that's something that I really appreciate about the character. So it's hard for me to say anything too negative on it, but Tommy, you seem to maybe agree with that. What do you think? It's, I don't even know if it's a character, and I hate saying this. The acting at times just comes off very cheesy. It's not so much in this episode as much as in the second part, where it's like when they're when Reva's running after the ship and it's like, come back, and it's like Obi-Wan. It just comes off so cheesy and like it, it's hard for me. And I want because then there are scenes where she is just acting her butt off and like doing really well, but then there's other parts where I'm like, nope, can't buy into this. So it's it's hard. I I I have faith they're going to land it here because I think there is meat there and I think there's a story and I think like you said I think it is personal it's just there's sometimes where I'm like it's not hitting it it's not hitting it for me I want to clear up and say that I think um her initial presence isn't what's uh scary you know you think about Darth Vader he walks into a room everybody stands up straight uh I don't think anybody's going to do that for Reva but you know of course she's going to go off the walls and, and do whatever it is that she does <laughs> And I think almost want to wonder if the show wants you to feel that way of like, because the Inquisitors don't even take her seriously. It's like, you're a joke. And I almost wonder if they want us to, but that's when you're introducing a new character, that's a really um, bold choice to do where you make you, you want your character to almost be like, yeah, like she's not that scary. And then so that when she does what she does and goes out, you know, almost off on her own and, and, and makes these choices like, yeah, She's a wild card, and that, that's what makes her terrifying. Completely fair. Completely fair. Um, but I, I do, uh, just to bounce back a little bit more, but like I do like the di dichotomy that, that she's not physically um, menacing, but she will go out of her way to act menacing more so than the others to make up for it. Whether that's intentional or not, I don't know, but uh, that's what I'm getting from it. Um, so we do finally get our first look at Obi-Wan here, and he is... Uh, He's, he's working at his job. He's like carving meat or whatever. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't have a lot to say about that. But he goes to his cave and this is where he, ch he chats with the Jawa. Still a little weird for me whenever we get Jawa's subtitles. Like, uh, like I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, subtitles in general in Star Wars always feels a little weird. Because like I feel like a lot of it is like, uh, I, I don't know. I guess Greedo had subtitles. So I guess there's <laughs> there's some historical precedent, but. I felt like we were going to, yeah, I felt like we were going to Tika's pawn shop when we got to that scene because he's just like trying to haggle him and everything. And I just felt like it was like, are we on Pawn Stars or something now? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. So um he gives him uh the toy ship, which will come up later. Um, but uh, I guess the Jawa mentioned something about the Jedi in the town, and he goes off, he has nightmares about it. Um, but uh I guess next is he wakes up, he's watching Luke from afar. This is a scene that we got in the trailers, and he goes and drops off the gift, which is a nice, nice gesture. Tommy, I don't know if you what do you think? Uh, is that a good gift? Yeah, I think it almost makes me question Luke more in the future of like you're still playing with this toy and you're like a full adult. Like it makes me question it way more. But I, I liked it. I liked um the fact that he's like watching over Luke and I, I like uh I liked all this opening. I think it really sets up what we want. It sets up his mindset. I, I liked, uh, you know, even with the meat shop, we talk about that of like him not stepping in. It shows his mindset. Like he's not, you know, we, it almost is counter to what we just saw where it's like, Jedi have to like, you know, if they see someone in danger, they're going to jump into that. And then we see Obi-Wan not do that. And so I think it's setting up that like, Obi-Wan is a very changed man. And you need to, you need to accept that just right now at that point blank. Uh, but yeah, I liked the little toy. Uh, someone, I, listen, buy me toys. Uh, we're just jumping a little bit, but like, yeah, just audience in general, buy me toys. 
Uh, we talk about like Owen like saying no. I get it. There's more to it. We can talk about the context, but it's like, can you afford toys for Luke? You're getting a free toy, sir. Accept that toy for your son. <laughs> Completely fair. Um, uh, so, uh, I guess next we get. If I skip over anything, let me know because my my notes are all over the place. But. I think next we get uh, Obi Wan confronting, getting confronted in the desert by the Jedi here, and um, this is interesting because again, this is another situation where like this is a person that needs your help and you're not helping them out. Um, Josh, I want to throw it to you. I have a question. Um, thinking about like uh, Kenobi, like not putting himself forward, um, would Kenobi have stopped the knife in the bar like this Jedi did? He would not have because he's so fixated on protecting Luke that if he wasn't harming Owen or anyone related to Luke, he would not have stopped it, I don't think. Yeah, if it was about protecting himself, then he probably would step in. But because it's it's like, it's not about himself, it's about Luke and stuff. So by him interfering, it would then affect those people. Um, yeah, I, I we were talking about this, me and my roommate, of like, they, they definitely set this up for like later and like so you can see that like his actions by not stepping in he gets to see that you know he caught indirectly caused this right uh but we were talking about how how it might have been even more impactful if he like had like the jedi gets caught and he could step in to like help and does it like it's a more active the way they they push this it's a more passive not helping and i almost wonder if maybe it would be more interesting if it was more passive but i i really like this stuff i like the jedi conversation and being like dude you're obi-wan he's like I'm not, please leave. This is like, this is greater than you. Stop. <laughs> like we're, we're done. The Jedi are over. <laughs> we're not getting the band back together again. Yeah. This is definitely a kid of like meeting his like hero and then realizing he's not all that, you know? And it's kind of sad to see as the Jedi. And it's also kind of sad to see as Ben, you know, just what have you become? <laughs> That's an interesting point. Cause you have to think about, again, this is 10 years after um, order 66 how old is this guy? Um, maybe 26. Uh, the, the, the actor might be a little bit older, but he's portrayed as a younger character. So yeah, this guy was a child probably looking up to people on the council like Obi-Wan. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of wild. Um, uh, so next, whether you like it or not, we're going to talk about Princess Leia here. Um, and uh, again, huge shock to see uh, Princess Leia in the show, just in general. I did not see this coming, but um, she is running off into the forest with her droid and she's like hanging out in a tree with uh, she's like identifying ships. I got to say um, every once in a while, it doesn't happen often. Um, and, and here's the thing, John Williams, he is, he's really good with his music. Um, sometimes for me personally, since I'm not like a music guy, it doesn't always like jump out to me. Like usually it just, it fits in well with what's going on. Um, le- this is like Leia's theme that's playing as she's running through the forest. I love this piece of music and I've been like checking Spotify every day, hoping they release it because that's, it's one of the, it's one of the few like scores that like I'm down to listen to. I don't know if anyone else uh, appreciated the music as much as me, but um, especially the scene, it was, it was awesome. So I think an interesting point that somebody had made, I can't remember who, um, but I think the first two or three notes from that score was from the original score of Leia's theme. So like they that what's that's what they did when somebody would show up that was already introduced they would take a little bit of something that we already knew and put it in and then incorporate something new. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, Tommy, what what did you think of our initial introduction to Leia here? I really liked it. Like as much as I'm good, there's things I want to nitpick, but I won't nitpick this. It 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 felt nostalgic in a way that like shouldn't have felt that nostalgic. Like we really haven't spent that much time on all all the I don't think at all right. Like it's like so it's like it's cool to get this. Uh, see it before you know the big the big the big explosion uh and, and like i think the bait and switch of it really got me of like oh this is we're not get out luke like well this is about leia at least for a little bit and uh i like with both kids how they showed and very quickly that even though they're not being raised by anakin and padme they have those after you see that like same curiosity that same ambition that same uh, and I like that. I thought that was a really cool choice to show that in the way they did. Yeah, I really like that too, especially um, because we got to see a little bit from Luke as well. You know, he's sitting up on top of his house, you know, and he's acting like he's racing. And, you know, we all know Anakin was a love to race. Um, so to see that they both have the ambitions that their parents both had is is really fun. Yeah. So uh, next here, um, this is where we get 
This is a scene from the trailer that I almost wish wasn't in the trailer, but um, it's the Owen confronting Obi-Wan scene. Um, and this, but but also still, even though that I knew this was coming, it was like, I feel like this still is one of the more powerful moments out of the whole show. And it was like a lot of the emotional core is here. And like, it, they really put a thumb on like, yes, the reason you feel so protective over Luke is because you couldn't with his father. Um, and that's, yeah, he, retor- he returns the toy and everything here. So, um, Josh, I don't know if you have any uh, comments on uh, Owen and Obi-Wan here. You know, I think the actor for Owen, I don't remember his name off the top Joel of my head. Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Yes. Um, he's knocking this out of the park. I, I love him. I love him as Owen. He's doing a great job. Um, and I think he delivered his lines perfectly. I agree. I think they shouldn't have put that in the trailer. I think that that uh, that punch, the like you trained his father, they should have left that out. I think that would have been real impactful if we saw that for the first time. Tommy, did you see the trailer at all? Was that the first time you saw it? Oh. You think I watch trailers? No, yeah, no, I didn't see it. And that's wow. the thing, like that did hit for me a little bit more yeah. because I don't think I it was the my first bright eyed being like, whoa. I didn't know that Owen, I think I knew that Owen was gonna be contentious, like it's not a, a good relationship between them. I think I knew that, but I, I didn't know the the dig of like you know, getting to the thing that actually is bothering Obi-Wan. Like we all know it. Like it's the elephant in the room. You you messed up with Anakin. <laughs> Right. I think Obi-Wan almost got as burned as Anakin, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Tommy, I will say um, the trailers, um, we've basically seen everything from the trailers in the first two episodes, which uh, I love that. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, this is, that's how you do a trailer. Give us the intro to the series and then everything else is a surprise. So I appreciate that. Would you have watched the show without the trailer? Yeah, but I wouldn't have, like, there wouldn't be like the, uh, anticipation that's fair that's fair yeah um okay so the inquisitors come back here and um they're like pushing people around cutting hands off you know trying to to figure out where the jedi are at and uh yeah it's a very interesting scene here because we do get reva like like Reva's about to strike Owen down. Um, and actually Tommy to push back on what you said about them at the bar, they would have killed everybody. Apparently not. They like, I guess they cared about Owen. I guess they sensed he was an important character. Um, so I have not- a, sorry. I have a theory about that. So like the first time I watched this, I was like, why is she focusing so heavily on like out of everyone in the place? She focuses on Owen. Like, like it's, it seemed too like, this is this is too met like outside baseball kind of thing but then i thought about it because later on we find out that she's done research and knows a lot i have issues with the research that there just happens to be this place that you can just find any information about every family and how connected everyone is but it makes more sense if you think about it as he she knew that obi-wan was connected to um the skywalker family and so it's like that's why she focused in on owen because she knew he was a skywalker and did her research and focused in on that. So maybe appreciate the scene a little bit more and why she didn't kill him because like she's planning on using maybe the Skywalkers too in the same way she's going to use the Organas later on. She's going to use the Skywalkers to bring Obi-Wan out because that's her ultimate goal. This this guy, whatever, this small Jedi, small fish, she's got bigger eyes on the prize. See, I want to touch up on that. I think my theory is that not because she is so fixated on Kenobi, I think the reason she is is because she saw the hologram of Anakin becoming Darth Vader that we saw. And she knew from her time, if she was one of those Padawans in the Jedi Temple, she knew who was taking care of Anakin before he turned. So Skywalker, I, I think it, I think it works out. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I have a theory on that yet, but uh, definitely, I know, I know something's going on. Yeah, and honestly, you're changing. Like, I came in with like I was gonna have one of the other nitpicks I had was the fact that like she happens to know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, and I was so annoyed with that because I was like, isn't the whole thing that no one knows, and it's like this big thing? But then you're right. If she is a if she was a Padawan, if she was a Jedi, she would at least be able to put that all together, and that makes it like now that I know this, I'm honestly having like I'm like okay, now I'm kind of more okay with this. This is making more sense in my head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you guys are uh, you're selling me on this. Um... But yeah, so they end up leaving. Obi-Wan comes up and thanks Owen. And Owen, again, another quip. He's like, I didn't do it for you. You know, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, good job, Owen. You're just like constantly taking it this guy. And it's so true, too, though. Like, he doesn't care about Obi-Wan. He's worried about Luke. And that's, I think that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, so let's go. We're going to go back to 
the other side of the Skywalkers, Le Leia's over here on Alderaan. And uh, this is where, like, uh, her mean cousin's, like, bullying her for no reason. <laughs> Tommy, what, what do you think of this bully? He's so mean, but, like, this is where I'll say, Leia killed this. This is great. This little kid being, like, just giving it right back, being like, you know what? You're, the, you know, so good. I I, I like this scene. Uh, we got our C-3PO, uh, R2-D2 sighting in this, this party shindig, which, I you know, you got to see them. Uh, but... I, I like this where it's like, listen, you actually don't even have any opinions, you cousin. You just take it from your father. Oh, so good. I, I, I thought this was really, and it was a good moment because it, it gives us later of the beat of like, hey, don't say for a second you're not an Organa. You're an Organa, Leia. Like, I, I like that stuff. It was a good setup. So when she's ragging on her cousin, do you think she was using the force in that moment? Because it seemed like she knew a little bit more than she should have about this one guy. <laughs> I saw this theory. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. Compl I feel like there's other moments in this episode where you, or the two episodes where she is probably, it's more reasonable for her to be using the force. Um, I mean, they are cousins. I think it's reasonable to. Yeah. And I took it too as like, even at a young age, like Leia was pretty intelligent. Like she can, she listens and she can pick up on the things around her uh, way more than maybe a, a typical 10 year old. Yeah, and here's my thing, though. If I... This might be the only place I complain, but is she too much like Leia? Like, because I try to think, like, if I were to hop back in my, like, 10-year-old self, like, I don't think I'd be handling situations the same way I do now. You know? I, I don't know... I don't know about it. I guess Leia in the in the original trilogy is older than I am now, or younger than I am now. So, I don't know. Because she's special, Michael. Do you have metachlorians? So many of them in your body? No. So many of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there she is. Um, we get a couple things here. I don't have a whole lot to say on a lot of it. But she's talking to her mom and Bale. Bale's, like, reassuring her. And then uh, I guess he, like, gives her permission to run off again, which was this was wholly irresponsible, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Smith is such a wholesome dude. I love watching him be a dad. <laughs> that's that's the best part for right there. <laughs> yeah, kind of threw the mom under the bus a little bit, like as a character. Like, like she was so mean, and he was so like understanding and perfect. Like, I don't know. Classic, classic, classic. Be able just being like the fun dad. He's like, oh, I don't have to deal with this. You know, you go do your thing. Uh, yeah. Uh. See, because no. I'm a I, like I'm a parent, and I feel like it's the opposite in our relationship. I feel like Sydney's the fun one. I'm like, stop climbing on that. <laughs> you know, in our relationship, am I am I the fun one, or the the strict dad? I don't know, uh, Joshua. Maybe you can weigh in. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's the oh, mom yeah. and dad? I guess I'm the child. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Michael would be the mom, and Tommy's the dad. But I think because I know Michael a little bit more, he's always been. A little bit more fun and uh yeah. tommy i i think you're the, the stepdad sorry <laughs> i'm probably the, the the uncle that sits on the couch being like give me my beer son <laughs> not the stepdad that was funny <laughs> uh okay uh so um yeah she runs no, off listen, and, yeah i was just gonna say in the end the, you end up liking the the, the strict parent more because then when you're older you're like oh i see what they were trying to do yeah, so that's fair <laughs> um okay so yeah she ends up getting kidnapped here by uh bounty hunters uh tommy do you know who this guy was the actor yeah very, from, very... yeah red hot chili peppers love it that was cool yeah i thought that was a really cool like uh little, you know throw him in there like boy he was in back to the future i saw it too uh originally and he just it's cool that he does these little acting things uh that's probably the the best thing out of this whole scene that i enjoyed <laughs> Come on, come on, Tommy. This is fun. Like she's could she run a little faster if you're gonna if you're gonna have a chasing where there are straight adults like like chasing a if there's force involved like sure then like make that known that it's force powers. It just it was hard. It took me out of it. I I don't blame her. She's a kid. Like I I do understand. I'm yo I'm complaining about a kid actress actress who is killing it for being a kid. I totally understand all that. It's so hard when she slid under that tree and the stunt person was like, whoa, here's this branch. Oh, no. Like, it just took me a little bit out of it. Yeah, I was not a fan of that chase scene. Like, I expected them to run into a painted wall at some point, And it was just, it was too cartoony for me. Like, one time Leia runs through two trees and they can't just walk around the trees. They just were like, oh, I'm stuck. You know, like, it was so bad. <laughs> I didn't like it. 
The best thing about this chase scene is it makes the other chase scene later better in comparison. That's the best thing about this one. Well, okay. Well, Tommy, you have to direct your complaints a little bit more pointed because I think it is the other adults that are the issues here. Because um, that's the other thing. Leia gets caught. It's not like like she isn't like completely thwarted these adults. No, and it, I agree with you. It's the it's I agree. It's the other ag- actors responding, but it's it's hard because they're trying to buy in that she's quick enough, and and it's not her fault. She's a little kid. She's just never gonna run to make it look quick enough. I guess is like it's not. Her, I'm not saying it's her fault. It just is the matter of fact of like maybe right around that. It's more of like the writer should have foreseen that, or at least like called an audible on the set and be like, oh, this just isn't working out. Yeah, so uh, kids can't run. Let's write that down. <laughs> I'm not bashing kids. Listen, she did a great job. But yeah, kids can't run. Period. Yeah. This is why you're the stepdad, Tommy. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is when the Organas reach out to Obi-Wan for help. They call him on his little uh, hollow pad thing. And uh, he's he's not having it. He's like, I'm worried. I only care about half of the Skywalkers. Basically. I like this call out. I actually really liked them being like, your agreement was to protect both of them. You're acting like you only care about Luke. Leia is just as much Anakin's child as Luke. And I, I really like, because that's something that like I thought about even in the originals. I'm like, Obi-Wan seemed to not even care about Leia if, if he knew, like, and he knew that she she was a Skywalker too, so. Uh, yeah, well, the reason for that is because um, George Lucas didn't have the idea that they were siblings until later on, which is like, that always bugs me. Um, but yeah, I guess they kind of explain it away in this episode. Uh, like Rogue One, we're just fixing plot holes, so. Um, yeah, do you have anything to say on this, Joshua? I was just gonna say, oh, what was I gonna say? Um, <laughs> I we that Tommy had something to say too, <laughs> I think. So, okay, I was just gonna say, that's literally all Star Wars, right? It's like, let me make prequels so we can fix the plot holes that we established like many years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, a big band aid job, so um, yeah, so I guess uh, next year we see. Our buddy uh, Jedi friend hung up in the town, which I was like, "Oh my god, they they noosed him, right?" But no, they like they like hung him up like under his shoulders, like they didn't even hang him. I don't know. I was like, "You could have put a." It's not that graphic. Yeah, it's more just a, they they killed him normally, but then they hung him up just to, so he could be on display and be like, "Hey, don't help Jedi. This is bad." Joshua, here's a question for you. How did they kill him? Like, what means of death happened to this guy? Well, when we got a picture of the body, it didn't look like there was any impaling wounds or anything. So I think I think force choke or something. I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, I don't know. I was trying to find a plot hole in of it itself, and I think he fixed it there. Because, yeah, you look <laughs> at the – there's no wound. <laughs> like, uh, and, again, it's uh, Disney+. Plus. I, you know. Are they going to show him like up there with no limbs? I don't know. I think what happened was they told them that Obi-Wan will never love him. And then he died from a broken heart. That's what okay. happened. Lost the will to live. Like Pat. He lost the will to live. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, but yeah, this is where Bale comes in person now. Like he's like, he's, he's kind of dressed up like a Jedi too. Like when we first see him, I'm like, oh crap. We're about to see like, I don't Mace Windu. But he takes it off. It's like, oh, you're just bail? Why are you wearing a hood like that? Uh, but yeah, he's he's recruiting him again. Um, and he's successful this time. So he's going to go do it. Um, but yeah. And we also, I think right after this is where we find out that this is all a trap set by Reva, which is interesting. Um, did you get? Uh, did you guys see this coming? This is like, oh, yeah. Was that the reason she was kidnapped? I didn't know um, the Inquisitors were going to be the people behind it, but I figured it was like either Darth Vader or someone. I knew there was like, it's not just, please not doing this. Like, you know, he's not, he's not capturing Leia for a bigger purpose than what someone else is, is telling him to. Right. I, I think I initially thought that maybe Vader had put out a bounty on, on Kenobi just in general over the entire galaxy or whatever. Um, but it made sense when I realized that it was Reva. I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. 
I guess we're in episode two now. I didn't even, like, my notes were just back-to-back. So, uh, yeah, this is episode two. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Kenobi's going to die you. And um, fun little cameo here. We get uh, Tamara Morrison playing one of the clones as a beggar, which that was that was cool. I thought that was, like, a good wor- wor- world-building. Uh, you're bringing in somebody important. It makes sense. So, yeah, that was fun. And he was in a 501st uniform. I mean, that was interesting. I like that. I'm not going to lie. I, got a little, I was like, is this... This is someone we know. This is going to be a big thing. I got, I'm still holding out hope. Maybe it's like something, but you know, I was like, uh, at first, my room was like, it's Rex. I'm like, Rex, I think they'd recognize each other and be like, hey, Obi-Wan, it's me. Like, so I did, I don't think it's anyone super important, but I did like the little nod of like, yeah, this is what happened to them. Like, they just, they were used for Order 66 and they were left to scrap. Like, no one cared about them after this. And like, it's kind of sad. It's the realness of it, you know? And what's fun is this is, unless you count the first temple scene in the very first episode, this is the first time we've actually seen a live action, like live performance of a clone because they were CGI'd back in the day. Yeah, no. And um, this is like my favorite storyline of modern Star Wars is figuring out the transition from the clones to the stormtroopers. And and like of all my complaints about Bad Batch, I thought that was one of the best things that they tackled. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is really cool, and it's kind of piggybacking on how that all went down and what happened to the clones afterwards. So, um, Right. I mean, you see how poorly they were treated, and, and yeah. like, he's on the streets. I mean, none of them have jobs anymore. Yeah. And actually, Tommy, I think at the time, I, I was my theory was there was going to be an Order 67 where they hunt down all the clones. Um, but uh, it seems like this guy, they just toss him out. Like, I don't think they're actually looking for him. So... Um, yeah, they were over. They were like, you know, uh, go go big for money. You're good. You're good. We yeah. have bigger fish. To, we have Jedi to go catch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but next here, Obi Wan runs into a spice dealer, um, and I don't know if you guys know this one. There's another. This is another uh, cameo here, acting wise. The the spice dealer. It's Ewan McGregor's daughter, which I thought that's kind of cool. So, um, I thought you were gonna say it's the Spice Girls uh no not quite <laughs> um but no there, there's actually like i saw a breakdown like of this whole scene it's like it's apparently it's referencing like like 10 different ewan mcgregor movies uh the one that's most obvious is train spotting with drugs so um yeah i thought that was interesting and also the meta of that being his daughter so i thought that was kind of cool um but yeah this is when a kid shows up and uh, he's like hey i know a jedi <laughs> and uh he's gonna go meet haja uh joshua what do you think of uh Aja here uh it was so corny and i was like i was afraid because i know he's very comedic actor and i was so like oh are we about to get the the corny stuff but i was like you know i'm buying this i'm liking this because he's just a con man and it, i think it fits <laughs> yeah i think the character worked and i think if you're gonna have this actor i think having this kind of like con man like character is the best thing for him it's hard because it's like he's one of those actors where it's like I just see the actor. I don't even see the character. He's doing a great job. It's just hard because like I'm just gonna see that that actor, not even any other. Like I can't, I can't. It's hard, but you know, I thought it was fun. It was a good little you know bit thing here. Yeah, I gotta piggyback on what Joshua said. It made me very nervous when he was like, like mind reading from like across the place, and I was like, I was like, this is so cheesy. And then luckily he's not a Jedi, so um, yeah, Obi Wan uh, calls him out here. Um, he's like helping people get off the planet for money or whatever, but um, yeah, he's a, he's a con man. And um, what's next here? I guess I guess next is uh, we go to the Spice Lab, which I hear a lot of like Breaking Bad comparisons here, <laughs> which is we get Hugh McGregor in like a gas mask and he's like using the spice as bombs and yeah. So uh, this is fun, but yeah, he he gets in a little fight here. He's fighting guards. Um, I don't know if you guys had any other thoughts on uh, all that before we get to what's next. Oh, I would just say, fun fact. I Michael knows this, but uh, uh, my my girlfriend, uh, you know, uh, they filmed this. Um, she she works at a, a studio, and they filmed this on her studio. So it was very exciting. She she knew a little bit about this, uh, and so seeing it was very cool for her. Yeah, should have got on the podcast. Get a get an inside scoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah they they, uh, he fights the guards here they kind of call him out like what are you doing here um and this when he he even runs into flea here and he uses the spice that his daughter gave him uh and uh yeah i guess f's them up like drugs them (laughs) because they're like like falling out later but uh yeah he saves leia here 
Um, and this was fun where she like he opens the door and she like kicks him and he's like, Stop. I'm here to, I'm here to rescue you. Fun. Uh listen, if we ever want to write a, a Star Wars uh piece nowadays, Michael, I guess just insert uh main character with kid here. Because like how many shows do we now have? I love I'm, just, I'm teasing, but like have we were, I was literally like all right, just another kid uh, adult team up show. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, I like her like I like her her sassiness. I like that we get that like little bits of Leia that we know in the future of like I don't need I don't need no man around and like I can do this myself. Want to run away <laughs> from the situation. Well, I think what's so fun about this for me is like it's something that it's it it, it scratches the itch that was there but I didn't know it was. And the itch was Leia is well aware of Obi-Wan Kenobi at the start of A New Hope, right? She knows who this person is. And that was never like something that I was like, hmm, why? You know, but that's what we're getting now. We're, we're establishing their relationship, which I think is really cool. So um, again, like I'm just finding out like the show is more important than I thought it was, right? Uh, as far as connecting the dots. So, um, And yes. also kudos, kudos to Leia. Like, yeah, don't trust a random stranger who's just like, I'm friends with your, your parents. Like, honestly, I didn't blame her. Like, this is a random stranger. That's like the classic child napper line, right? Like, uh, your dad sent me, you know? <laughs> and it makes sense now why she specifically wanted Ben Kenobi to go save, you know, her. Uh, because he's done it once before, <laughs> so he could do it again. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Rhea finds the bodies here. Um, and then she's, oh, this is where the Inquisitors confront her. And, uh, again, I think this is what I like about her character. Like, she's kind of going off script here. The Inquisitors are mad at her. Like, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. So she's got, like, she's marching to the beat of her own drum, which, uh, I appreciate. So, um, but yeah, so she ends up sending out a signal to all the bounty hunters in the area. Um, we get an interesting one. There's, like, a dinosaur. One of the, what do you think about that, Josh? Uh, it's like a dinosaur character. I'm all for just having strange outlandish characters in Star Wars because I think that's what it Star Wars is about. We get a lot of human race characters and I think we should have some of the more fun characters every now and then. What do you think, Tommy? Uh, you, you pro uh, dinosaur bounty hunter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's like all types of bounty hunters. Let's just like even, let's just get into uh, non-organic uh, uh, bounty hunters. Like Just like put a lamp with a gun there. And like, like I'll take it. I'll just take whatever. It's all silly. Like it's like these are just like red red shirts, right? Of, of Star Trek. Like we know they're just gonna get killed off. But I, I do like the strategy here. I liked the um, power dynamic between the Grand Inquisitor and Reba of like stay out of it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to. I'm gonna find my own way. And I thought this was like a, a clever like trick of like, yeah, they'll probably be good. like this will pinpoint where he is because someone's at least gonna fight him. I don't think they'll capture him, but at least I can then pinpoint and fixate uh where to go yep so um next here we got reva on the roof she she's spotting some action um and uh yeah this is where she does her parkour uh how far away was she i felt like she was running for 10 years and she still didn't catch up to them i was i i feel like it was just weird editing but like am i the only one like that was it was like she's going crazy fast you know, my opposite comment, she was going too fast and didn't catch him. Yeah, a lot of the parkour was, like, nonsensical, too. Like, just doing flips for the sake of flips. Like, I saw a TikTok. I'll have to send it to you guys. Uh, and any of the fans that want it, just let me know. I'll hit you up. But uh, it was basically like, uh, uh, like, hey, Reva, could you go grab my phone? And she's like, yeah. And she, like, jumps on the counter and, like, flips off the counter and, like, rolls over an ottoman for no reason. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the same vibes here. <laughs> um. But yeah, so, uh, oh, this is an interesting scene where Leia falls off the roof and uh, Obi-Wan saves her, um, which I thought this was uh, a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you guys have any comments on, on that. I think that was one thing that I was just kind of frustrated about was how, like, over-the-top Obi-Wan was going with not using the Force, not doing anything. Like, there's so many times he could have saved himself and Leia just by doing one simple mind trick or something. Um, but then I got to think about it. It's been 10 years since he's probably done anything. So he's probably a little rusty. That's why he looked like he was struggling, you know? So maybe that's why he hasn't. Fair read there. I, I did not even consider that. Um, yeah, it almost feels like old man Logan. Like he's out of the game. Old, old man Obi. <laughs> he's... Yeah. Um, so next we get some more Hodges stuff here. Um, I don't have all I'd say on it. 
Um, but uh, I guess I guess the next big thing is when Reva tracks them down, and they're in like this hangar, and uh, this is where she delivers the news about Vader, which is uh, I don't know. I like this. I, Tommy, I don't think he did, but I liked it. I just I think for me, it was just. I think now thinking about more of like he, she already was a Jedi. That makes me feel better about it. But just the idea this was common knowledge just for any Inquisitor and just common knowledge, like the fact everyone knew that Anakin was Darth Vader. I just liked the mystery of it. Like no one knew who Darth Vader was. It was this mysterious thing and people just followed him, but you don't know the human behind the mask. And so I guess that was, it's more just me having that feeling you know i don't know if they've ever confirmed that but i always thought that and so just having it kind of be like oh okay everyone just cool okay cool (laughs) yeah i initially i was kind of upset about that being the reveal for obi-wan um because i said like why couldn't this be a main staple character of star wars giving him this news why did it have to be reva but now that we've kind of talked about it we've kind of explained a little bit more it makes sense it's it's a good plot point but i just kind of wish it was somebody else that that is completely fair, um, but yeah. So uh, oh, another big talking point here, which kind of set people confused a little bit, is she ends up stabbing the Grand Inquisitor, um, and I, I saw a lot of people like they're changing the story of Star Wars. I'm like, no, I, he's not dead. <laughs> like, Maul got okay. cut in half, and he was fine. Like, yeah. Listen, as I see like the body go blah, and like and, like. Yeah, he's not he's not dead. He's definitely like injured. Or or they're gonna be like I've seen things of like maybe they'll get another grand, whatever. There's gonna be a grand inquisitor. Like they they're Star Wars has never done this where they have uh, uh, you know changed it up like that. Wait, Tommy, that you might be onto something with a longer maybe. head. <laughs> a longer head, yeah, yeah. That was like like they're gonna bring in his brother, his slender, <laughs> taller, longer head brother. They're like, oh, good. Question. We wanted him dead anyways because we could get his brother all along. What is the fixation with Powins recently? Because, like, we're getting this guy. He's going to come back, but we're also getting uh, a Powin in the new Star Wars game. Like, wh- <laughs> where is this all going? Why is there so many Powins all of a sudden? <laughs> I mean, I've always, like, I guess, like, around the time that we get that character in Revenge of the Sith, um, I was like, this is, like, a cool looking character. We need more of it. So I think it's actually long overdue, if anything. It's a cool race. I agree. I'm just I'm surprised that they flooded it all at once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is where yeah he gets. We end the episode. He is thinking about Vader, and we see Vader in the back to tank. So, um, yeah, this again, like this is like bone, like just like hairs on the back of my neck standing up. Where I was like, holy shit, it's happening. And even me, like I've been skeptical of the fact that like it's kind of revisionist history to like add another confrontation in the middle of everything. But at this point, I'm like, I don't care. Like, this is so cool. I'm all, I'm all for it. That's what kind of where I was going at the very beginning of the podcast, where I said that this next episode is going to be really good. It's because I think it's just going to be Darth Vader transitioning from Anakin to Darth Vader centric. I think that's all it's going to be. I think that's what the episode is going to be. I don't think there's going to be Obi-Wan. I don't think there's going to be anything else unless it's a short cameo at the end. I think it's just going to be straight up. What has been Darth Vader been up to lately? That would be a lot of fun. I, I didn't really necessarily think that, but if that happens, I will be thrilled. Um, yeah, Tommy, any any thoughts here on our cliffhanger? Yeah, I mean, like, do we get to see some some Mustafar? That would be cool. Like, see more, you know, like, I, I'd be excited about that. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Give me Darth Vader in a, in a tank, I guess. This is like, that's what I want. That's what I, that's what I want. That's what I need. <laughs> I will say it would have been very easy to cut to Darth Vader in his full getup and like doing something else. But again, they're saving that and they're and they're going to make it very important when we do. And that's why I'm kind of like, I don't know that we're going to get a full episode because it does feel like you're going to want to save that moment as long as possible where you see him in the suit. Um, even though we all know what the suit looks like, you know, I don't think it's, it's not like we're going to be shocked, but um, I think it's uh, I make this comparison a lot, but it's the Jaws thing. You want to hide that villain as long as possible. What a couple of years for Baffa Tanks. Like, really, like, they're just getting a ton of, of spotlight. The stars of the show, you would say. <laughs> yeah, a lot of back-to-tank action. <laughs> um, well, all right, guys, that is the end of the episode. I don't know. Do you guys have, like, uh, Josh, you gave your theory. Tommy, do you have a theory? What's happening next? 
Yeah, I, I really like the Darth Vader theory. That would be exciting. I mean, that's the thing. Do we stay with Le- like we talk about like oh, the, it was cool getting Leia be the focus for the first two episodes. Is that going to stay that way, or, or are we going to flip back to Luke? Are we going to? I mean, I'm interested to see where they go next because I I don't think we'll stay on just this one beat. I think this was just to like get him out there. Obi Wan shows his cards, and now you know what's going to happen next. We're a third of the way done, guys. That that's kind of sad for me already. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's Kenobi in a nutshell. So, um, Tommy, did you want to do some recommendations? Yeah, I mean, I have some. Uh, one is if you were looking to get into, you know, I talked about Critical Role, and they're expansive. They have a hundred and fifty episodes sometimes in some of these campaigns. They're doing right now a prequel series. So there's an event in, in the world that he built. Matt Mercer built this world called Alexandria. And there's an event called Calamity. And we've always heard of it. It's like basically the betrayal gods and the, the you know these other gods. They fight each other. It, it destroys the world as they knew it and restarted it. And so we've never seen this. We were like hundreds of years in the future. They're doing it now set right before the Calamity. And so it's cool. It's a four-part series. So it's only four parts. You don't need to know anything about the future because it's you know, it's the past. And so if you wanted to get in, I think this is the right time. I just watched the first episode. It's fantastic. It's so good. I like was very impressed how quickly they uh, brought these characters in. And I already feel connected to them in just one episode. Uh, So I would say, check that out. The other more like obscure thing is I just saw this on Netflix and it, it cracked me up. It's a show called old enough. Um, I believe it is a Japanese show. And the whole premise, it's kind of like Taskmaster. If you've ever seen Taskmaster, where they give these kids this task, like go get carrots at the store. And the whole show is just watching to see how many kids can actually achieve it, uh, how they achieve it, what happens. It's wild. Go check it out. All right. Um, Joshua, do you, do you uh, have a recommendation for us? I think this might be a little sacrilegious, but I have been watching Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time in my life, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great time. Um, so if you haven't watched that, go watch it. What are you doing? <laughs> See, it's not necessarily sacrilegious. I just, I've never given it a full chance. I've always kind of felt like maybe it doesn't age well. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Like, uh, does, it, does it have like the skin of an older, older thing? <laughs> yes, but... I- I'm enjoying it. I'm still having fun with it. <laughs> Com- completely fair. Um, I'll, I'll leave you guys with um, Love, Death, and Robots, guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love this show so much. And I tried to drag it out for as long as possible, like, because, I mean, technically, like, the episodes are, like, a movie length. I could finish it in a night if I wanted to. But, um, and now I finished it. It's so great. Uh, it's some of the best storytelling anywhere. It's so good. And, like, I feel like I it's probably my favorite show. Like uh, I feel the absence when it's not in my life and I cannot wait for season four whenever that comes. So basically what it is, if you don't know, is a anthology animated TV show. And each of the stories either follows love, death or robots and sometimes all of the above. Um, and uh, it's just so cool. Like a lot of really cool concepts. And it's the kind of thing that like uh, sometimes they're like, sometimes a lot of like networks like Netflix or even like uh, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim, they wouldn't necessarily take a chance on such a ridiculous idea, but they're able to like, be like, well, it's just one episode. We can do it. And it turns out really great. And it's like, okay, it's time to like take a chance on like cooler, fun adult animation that we don't usually get. So if you're not watching Love, Death and Robots, um, you're in for an absolute treat. There's three seasons. It goes by very quickly. It's like 10 minute episodes. So um, yeah, there's my Love, Death, and Robots rant. Um, and what's yeah. great about it, too, is, like, if you don't like one episode, all the, it's, it's just kind of, like, with visions of, like, they're different, they're completely different stories, but also different designs, different stylings. It, it's, uh, can, we'll double down on this endorsement. Very great series. Yeah. All right. Hey, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, just a, you were a treat to have. Uh, I want to give you the chance to uh, tell people more about Outcast Originals and uh, anywhere else they can find you online. Yeah, so Outcast Originals, like I said, it's a survivor-based shop. You can find all kinds of good stuff. Um, I do custom requests and all of that. I'm going to be opening up uh, a little bit after June, probably, maybe July, depending on how timing works out for some other projects I'm working on. Um, I do have a TV spot 
that I worked on coming in June sec or June 6th or something like that. I'm sure I'll be able to talk about that more. So if you want to learn about that, you can follow me on Instagram, Survivor Joshua, and you can follow my shop there, outcast.originals on Instagram. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Tommy, what's going on in your world? Uh, Killing so plants, no. reading books. <laughs> Yes, reading reading so many books. Dude, I've started the Marvel uh, uh, Part One, Part Two. I'm on Part Two. I'm on 2018. It's been a wild ride. It's been all my time reading the making of Marvel, and I know way too much information now. Uh, but very exciting there. And uh, I'm going to be on some podcasts coming up, so I'll, I'll let you know when those are out. Some crazy ex girlfriend podcasts, as I do uh, with my friends. And uh, yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's all we got. So I will start to close this out here. I'd like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. That really does help. I know like uh, it might be, you know, you hear me say that every single week and it's like, oh, quit saying it. But we say it because it's kind of important for the podcast. It, it, it brings more eyes on us. So if you could right now, think about it. Have you not done it? Why haven't you? Could you? You can. Yeah, five stars. Um, also, please subscribe um, because we're going to be here every single week. Uh, Kenobi is still, we still got uh, four more episodes to go. So we will be here for that. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod. Um, we also have a link to our merch in our show notes. So if you want to check that out, that would be cool. We need to get some new merch going on. We got a new logo. So, uh, Tommy, we'll have, to, we'll have to figure something out there. Bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. Uh, you said that so quickly. Uh, I feel like Funko Pop has the market on that, but maybe we can get an endorsement there and figure something out. Um, but yes, we also have a Discord community, so if that's something you're interested in, you can message us on social media and we will hit you up. Um, but for now, that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Get out of here. What are you doing here still? Get out. Get out. Please get out. Okay, bye.